Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Disciple Types podcast. My name is Dave, and this is my brother, Andrew. Hey everybody. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing Peter. Andrew, you call Peter the presenter. What do you mean by that? Well, Peter is really the ultimate presenter of the gospel. Uh, Most of what we know about Christ originated from the gospel of Mark and from that, uh, the gospels of Matthew and Luke took a lot of information. So you see a lot of overlap. And, And so we now believe that Mark was the first gospel written, and that was inspired directly by speeches that Peter gave as he was giving his testimony, going around um, to Jerusalem, eventually to Rome, and just basically saying what he saw. So I, I really felt that calling Peter a presenter of the gospel was really um, appropriate for describing what what set him apart. And so really he presented the gospel not just to his audience, but through Mark writing it down to the entire world. So that's really interesting. So so the Gospel of Mark draws primarily from Peter's experiences. How do we see that in the writing of Mark? It's really fascinating. Um, when we read Mark, it's all about the present tense, what's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a Greek word used called, the word is euthis, and it's used 41 times in the Gospel of Mark, which wow. is just a crazy yeah. number. And, and so when we see it translated, it's saying, it says at once or immediately. So when we read it, it's saying, here's a series of events, and it says immediately this happened, and then at once this happened, so he's and just then immediately this happened. He's one of those and then, and then, and then storytellers. Exactly. So you, you can picture Peter in front of people just totally amped up, really excited, and just saying, and then this happened. And then can you believe it? This happened. Right. And he's just – it's stream of consciousness remembering what he saw firsthand. Mm-hmm. And it's really a reflection of Peter's focus on his own firsthand sensory experience. Mm-hmm. So he's living in the moment using his senses to perceive all of these things, and he's really taking it all in and then presenting it out when, he, when he's uh, around other people. So then experience is Peter's primary aspect. Is that absolutely is that, yeah. yes? Experience is Peter's primary aspect, and and really, it's because Peter lives in the moment. He's always searching for new, exciting experiences. Uh, he's he's used to exploring the world around him, and so people who tend to thrive on experience, they always need to be doing something, uh, doing something with their hands, creating, cooking, crafting, anything that that, that sort of tickles their senses. It really uh, uh, lights them up. And, and really, they have a natural eye for it. So a lot of artists that you'll find, it, it, you just it can be astonished at how they can just see how things fit together mm-hmm. or how colors are going to blend or, or tastes when it comes to cooking, mm-hmm. different flavors and how, how they're going to mix. Um, and they're very in tune with their physical surroundings. So we really see that with Peter, that he always needs to be present. He needs to be in the middle of the action. And, and you could say, uh, there's, a, there's a term, FOMO, fear of missing out, right. that really Peter just had to be in the middle of it all. He didn't want to miss a moment. And that's why Peter was present for almost every significant event that occurred in the Gospels, because he just needed to be there. So he was, for example, he was the first to enter Jesus' tomb to find that he had risen. Uh, He was the first to go out and walk on the water. Um, He was the first to declare, to confess that Jesus was the Son of God. 
And so he was on the, the cutting edge, essentially, of everything that happened in the gospel. So, Andrew, we've talked before about how our strengths in excess can become weaknesses. Was this also the case for Peter? I'm assuming it was. It was, yes. Uh, the downside of living in the moment, as Peter did, is that we sometimes don't consider all the consequences of our actions. So Peter was impulsive. He always had to be moving or doing something, and that often got him into trouble. Uh, and so an, as an example, Peter was overzealous in defending Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So when P Jesus is being arrested, Peter pulls out a sword, cuts off the servant's right. ear. Right. And then that's when Jesus picks up the ear and, and heals it and puts it back on. And we get the famous line of those who live by the sword, die by the sword. Um, he undoes and, Peter's impulsivity. Exactly. So, so Jesus can redeem that. Um, uh, but, but, but Peter is still impulsive, and, and he did that action. And you know, when it, we don't always have Jesus in the flesh to, to fix all of to our mistakes. To fix our so, mistakes, right. <laughs> um, and so another example uh, is that Peter promised to never disown Jesus. Uh, and we know that later that night in a you know, excruciating, tragic moment, uh, Jesus is is before the Sanhedrin, and he's he denies Jesus. That he denies that he knows him three times, and then the cock crows, and he's just completely ashamed, and it's devastating. Right. So then it sounds like Peter's impulsivity or spontaneity was both a blessing and a curse. What, what do you think makes the difference here with him? What 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 makes the difference between his good impulses and his bad ones? Well, again and again, we find that Peter's impulses are counterproductive. And the pattern there is that they're based in his own strength. So when he's trying to rely on his own strength, he's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. But we see that his impulses can be very productive when they're based in a desire to pursue Christ through his faith. So, for example, when he wanted to defend Jesus at the garden, he was relying on his own strength and he resorted to violence. Right. Or when he boasted of how devoted he was to Jesus and said he would, he would never betray him. And then later that night, he denies him three times. But Peter was also the first person to confess that Jesus was the Son of God. So there's this duality of his impulsivity. He's, he's, on, the, he's on the cusp of, of the future, basically, on the cutting edge. He's ready for the next thing. And sometimes that gets him in trouble, but sometimes it actually leads him into some real divine revelation. So we see that in his best moments, Peter has this otherworldly soulfulness to him. He just ha has a way of seeing what other people have not yet seen yet, but will uh, become reality soon. Interesting. So in that way, Andrew, uh, Peter is, is similar to John. He's got the revelation piece in there. That's right. And so for John, John is otherworldly all the time. He's really, he's, he's kind of out there. He's in the wilderness right. looking for this next spiritual truth. Right. Um, and Peter, he's not quite as uh, on, on the forefront as John. So if, if we can think about the beginning of, of the Gospel of John, where it talks about how when John first meets Jesus along with Andrew, Andrew is the one who goes and finds P Peter and brings Peter to Jesus. So Peter is not necessarily really looking for the spiritual truth in it all. He's, he's, he's there living day to day in the moment, and he needs someone to prompt him 
and show him that there's something other than his physical reality. But but when he hangs around those guys who who really focus on revelation, he's encouraged in, in, in that way of thinking. And that's when you start to see the revelation side of Peter's personality really come out. Right. And when it gets stronger, we start to see more balance in Peter's personality. Yeah, interesting. And in future podcasts, we will talk about the compatibilities between different types. Yeah, it's something that's really exciting to talk about, and, and, and I look forward to talking about in, in future podcasts. Yeah, that's, that's some of my favorite stuff. So let's continue our discussion here about Peter. He was sure. originally named Simon, but Jesus gives him the nickname Peter because he's the rock on which the church will be built. With his impulsivity, it seems like he is an extremely unlikely candidate to serve as the solid foundation for anything, much less for the entire church. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's what's so beautiful about Peter's story, because it's about transformation. It's not about who Peter was naturally born with his natural personality. You see, Peter starts out as this rugged, brash fisherman. He wasn't this intellectual. He wasn't pious. He made lots of mistakes, and he put his foot in his mouth all the time. But behind that thirst for experience, Peter had this untapped potential to perceive revelation. And that was really his gateway to that transformation through the Holy Spirit. And so slowly but surely, Jesus was shaping Peter, and Peter was learning from his mistakes. So by the time Pentecost came around and Peter received that Holy Spirit, all all of his experiences with Jesus led him to that one moment where he begins speaking in front of all these people from all these different languages uh, from all these different countries, and he's speaking in tongues, and everybody can understand him. And and they think he's drunk, but he's not drunk at all. And in fact, he says, it's nine in the morning. How could we possibly be drunk? Uh, <laughs> and so he is really firing on all cylinders. He's quoting scripture. He's interpreting it. He's prophesying. He's, he's uh, talking about his own witness of seeing Jesus die and rise again. And so He's just extremely effective in, in his storytelling and in his passion mm-hmm. at, at, at presenting the gospel in such an effective and moving way. And, and the book of Acts describes the crowd's response to it, and it says that they were cut to the heart. I love, I love the use of that, that metaphor, that phrase there. Cut to the heart? Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's awesome, right? It, it's, it's metaphorical, but it's, it's, it's visceral. And to me, that sort of sums up Peter. Basically, he's very much alive in his body. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a physical guy, but he's also extremely passionate. Yeah. And that's what really comes through through his entire story. Yeah. And, and he's got some rough edges, but uh, the Holy Spirit smooths them out and, and really like a river running over a rock. Peter is that rock on which the church is built. It just needs to be smoothed over and refined by the river of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and and Another good metaphor. <laughs> exactly. Came up with that on the spot. Nice. Um, and really, through that refining process, that is how we receive almost everything we know about Jesus through Peter's eyes and ears. And he gave his testimony. It was written down. The other gospels were based on it. And so it's really Peter's story of transformation that has delivered to all of humanity this firsthand, this firsthand experience. So I think that's a pretty good place to stop our discussion of Peter. What do you think, Andrew? 
I think so. This was sort of a quick hit. Uh, in a future podcast, we'll have a little bit more in-depth on him. Awesome. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this introduction to Peter, the presenter. Please subscribe to the Disciple Types podcast and keep an eye out for future episodes featuring the other disciples and their types. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll see you next time.